The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 10th chapter. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or land for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses, brothers, and sisters and mothers children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, sorry for all the pop culture recently, but has, is anyone here familiar with um, a, the musician, the Notorious B.I.G.? Anyone? Raise your hand. Notorious B.I.G. Okay, so uh, he also goes by Biggie Smalls or just Biggie. And he was called by Rolling Stone the savior of the East Coast rap scene. Uh, His most success was in the 80s. Um, I think he sold like 28 million albums. Every time he dropped one, it was a good time. But he grew um, anger and beef with the West Coast rap scene. Uh, I'm sure you are all familiar with the name Tupac Shakur uh, or Tupac. So he would be the West Coast. All right. So, unfortunately, as both of these individuals became more and more successful, uh, released incredible rap albums with powerful messages. Uh, Their entourages grew, and fights broke out between these entourages, people that were following uh, Biggie or Tupac. And unfortunately, this uh, resulted in the drive-by shooting deaths of both Tupac Shakur uh, sometime in the 90s, and six months later, uh, Biggie Smalls was killed in a shooting. Uh, basically, Biggie Smalls ironically came to meet his end in the same way as one of his most popular songs spoke of Mo Money, Mo Problems, or More Money, More Problems. 
The more things you have, the more success you see, the more relationships you're cultivating, the more opportunity there are for there to be problems. And this ironically seems to be the same message, you know, the same truth, logic, you know, it's been here forever. It's the same truth that is given to us in Ecclesiastes 5 today in the Old Testament reading. It's also the similar message to what Jesus has been telling us about both last week in the gospel reading and this week. Because he has just talked to this guy that the scriptures talk about as the rich young man. The rich young man comes up to Jesus and says, how do I get eternal life? Jesus says, well, come on, you already know that. Keep the Torah, right? And he, so he says the Ten Commandments to this guy. And the young man, obviously, he, his, trouble, his conscience is still troubled. And he says, I have kept all these things from my youth, but I still feel troubled. I don't know if I'll have eternal life. And so Jesus says, well, let me tell you. Get rid of all your stuff, leave everything behind, and come follow me. Maybe that will work. And, of course, the young man goes away, and he's disheartened. Well, the thing is, is it's commonly misconceived that it's just and focused on the wealth aspect. We, you know, like, you know, for most people, it's like, well, good thing I'm not rich. Good thing I don't have many possessions, right? That means that, you know, it is possible for me to enter the kingdom of heaven. And that doesn't seem to be what Jesus is talking about. No, what it seems to be is that he's talking about whatever is that idol in your heart, whatever is highest, whatever you rank highest in your heart above God, that is what you need to leave behind and come and follow me, Jesus. For him, it was his many possessions. Uh, he was greatly troubled because he had many beautiful things. But for you, who knows? Maybe it's, um, you know, those people that you hang out with, they always get you into trouble. Maybe you have to leave those people behind and you need to follow Jesus. Maybe it's a relationship you have. It's a household that won't let you devote yourself to God. Maybe it is the comfort of an idea or a lifestyle that allows you to value feeling good or feeling safe over following Jesus, risking it all to follow him. Because we live in this fallen world, this wrecked ship, and we're out at sea, and we're clinging to these scraps of wood and buoys and all sorts of things that fell off this ship, and we're holding on to them, trying not to sink, and it's all this stuff that's keeping us from following Jesus, keeping us in our old sinful ways. And so what's interesting is this week in the gospel, Jesus says, he introduces maybe one of the most easy to understand illustrations for the gospel. He says that it's easier for a camel. I don't know if you've ever met a camel, like at a carnival or something, but camels are huge to go through the eye of a needle that you sew with very small hole. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle 
than for a rich man to enter heaven. Now that is very hard to hear. Because a camel can't go through the eye of a needle, right? And so that means a rich man can't enter the kingdom of heaven. And if we use the same things we were talking about, you know, anything, anything, it doesn't have to be riches. Is it, I don't know, like, um, you know, I'm obsessed with and I dedicate all my time to whatever and I can't somehow find time for Jesus. Like, um, yeah, I think, you know, I just... What I would struggle with, especially before seminary, before, you know, when I was in college is, you know, I just don't have time, right? And so my perceived notions of not having enough time for my Savior Jesus that was keeping me through, from, from going through into heaven, from following Jesus completely. In other words, it's impossible for a any person to enter the kingdom of heaven of their own accord. But Jesus says, with God, all things are possible. And so we go to our Hebrews reading today in chapter 4. In the Hebrews reading today, the strangest thing is said in verse 14. It says, For we share, oh, whoops, that is three. Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Jesus came down, passed through heaven, came down to heaven, became incarnate of the Virgin Mary. This infinite being, God, became a finite body like you or I. Incredible, mysterious. And then he died on the cross for your sins. He rose again for your sins. And you have faith in that death and resurrection. And he then went up through the heavens. He passed through the heavens. He went through the eye of the needle, right, for us. And through Jesus, through God, not through man, a rich man, a woman who trusts even in the idols of this world, can enter the kingdom of heaven. There it is. It's the gospel. And we saw a very real illustration of that today in this baptism. Peter in, I don't know, one of the most heartbreaking scriptures, hears Jesus say this, this teaching, and he says, Jesus, can't you see that we have left everything to follow you? How could you tell this to us, that it's impossible for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven? I mean, we're not, not all of us are rich, but we all are secure, We don't have to worry about our next day's food or shelter. How could you tell this to us, Jesus? We have left everything to follow you. Jesus lets him get out his vent, his anger. And Jesus is clear. Thank you, Jesus. He says just about the clearest thing 
that he could say. He says, I truly, truly, I say to you, there's no Christian who has um, left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel now in this time who won't receive a hundredfold more. Jesus' message was disturbing. It was so different from what everyone grew up with. And so people ended up leaving the faith of their mother and father, of their brothers and sisters, the faith of their household, temple Talmudic Judaism, and following Jesus, being Christians, following the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is saying, you have to, if you want to follow me, you have to leave it all behind. Everything that makes you secure, that keeps you from trusting and fully relying on me, Jesus Christ. He says, you can't partially follow me. Later in Revelation, he'll tell John, if you are neither hot nor cold, but you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. It's hard words from Jesus. And so it seems that with Jesus, he's trying to beckon to us to not hold on to those wreckage pieces, the buoys, you know, floating out there in the ocean of our wrecked ship here on earth. He's not trying to get you to hold on to those false senses of security that are keeping you from following him. And he knows that he can't rely on you to let go. And so he sends a big wave and he drowns it all. This wave is baptism. It comes and it destroys all of that false pretense, all that old way of life, all those things, those habits you held onto as security. And it washes you ashore onto the solid ground of your confession. Remember Hebrews, that 14 verse? Because Jesus has done this, because he has entered heaven for you and brought you with, let us hold fast to our confession. Our confession is what Gabriella was baptized into, what we, uh, not only the family and the sponsors, but the church, it's what we confess. What we said, we believe that too. And it's what we have. It's what, when heaven and earth passes away, will not pass away. The word of the Lord. The Hebrews reading mentions rest, Sabbath rest. God rested after seven or six days of creation. On the seventh day, he rests. Jesus, after the Passion Week of six days, He dies and rests on the seventh day in the tomb. But Jesus rises on the eighth day, Sunday. It's kind of strange to think about Sunday as being the eighth day because it's, I don't know, the seventh day to us Christian history people. You know, it's just always, it's always been the last day of the week. But, of course, with Sabbath Uh, being on Saturdays for Jews, especially for Jesus growing up. It's weird that Jesus chooses to rise on Sunday, on the eighth day. Well, what did we read about and pray about in the baptismal ceremony today? 
the eight people, the, uh, the eight people on the ark who are preserved in the ark, which is a foretaste of this Christian church. This boat, if you look at the ceiling, preserves us in this world as we're baptized and sin is washed away. The eight days of creation, the eight sides on that baptismal font. Looks like a stop sign, doesn't it? It's an octagon. Oct, eight, right? We rise on the eighth day with Jesus on Sunday. Your sin has been washed away. You have entered that Sabbath rest with the assurance that you are saved through your faith in Jesus Christ. To end, Gabriella joined Jesus, joined you in that Sabbath rest today, and she's not even old enough to work. But this new life that she has, has been born again into, that you have been born again into, it does include work. Because to finish up what Jesus says, yes, you're going to leave behind everything. You're going to leave behind even brother, sister, mother, father, house, land, all that stuff for the sake of Jesus's gospel. But he says you're going to receive a hundredfold in this time. No, that doesn't look like I prayed for a large screen TV and I got one. I prayed for a big house. I got one. I prayed for a low mortgage rate. I got one. What it looks like is Gabriella now has... New moms, dads, brothers, sisters, house, houses, there are now Gabriella's too. She doesn't just have mom and dad now, or brothers and sister, just her one house. She has all of this new family, the Christian community, the Christian church. And we all are dedicated to raising Gabriella, raising our brothers and sisters in the faith, teaching, witnessing, inviting, continuing what Jesus has asked of us, to leave everything behind, to fully trust in him, Jesus Christ, and to then help, serve, love your new Christian family. Amen.